0: Yeah. yeah, so that happened, and um, we waited eight and a half months for it, nine, yeah, about nine, nine months, almost to the day, actually, for that, yeah, all the excitement, the, the hype, and uh, optimism yeah that fucking sucked man (laughs) just about every minute of that game sucked today and um you could almost tell right away that um it wasn't gonna happen you just kind of got a feeling and maybe that's just the natural born pessimist uh in me Or, or maybe it's just uh you know 45 years of uh being a fan of uh, this organization. But, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I jokingly said to my dad just before kickoff, okay, I'm ready to be hurt again. And then the Bears hurt me for 60 minutes, and uh, I didn't appreciate it. So uh, let's make our way through this debacle uh, as quickly and as uh, painlessly as possible as we possibly can because we, we all suffered through it. So I don't want to make you suffer through it a second time, but you signed up for this shit. So buckle up. This is the week one review episode of the Bear Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Well, shave my head and call me Baldy. I'll be goddamn, what the fuck was that? Okay, honestly. What was that? Because <laughs> that, that wasn't the team we've been waiting to see. You'll hear me say this in the, uh, I believe it was the fourth quarter, knee-jerk reaction, but the anticipation of this season, the excitement, the hope, the optimism, was like week one of 2019 all over again, when we also started the season at home, with the Packers and what was basically a national te- nationally televised game, I know I saw the coverage map, and the Bears-Packers game was being played in about ninety percent of the country, unless you lived in like Los Angeles and Seattle, um, which was I think the only other Fox game at in the afternoon slot. You got the Bears and the Packers today, so almost every person watching Fox in the afternoon watched that game. And it was, you know, the Bears and, and, and everything were, were excited coming off. I mean, obviously, very different circumstances. In 2019, we're coming off a hugely successful season that had a heartbreaking end to it, which will always go down as one of the great what-ifs in Chicago sports. What if that dickhead, Parky makes that fucking field goal, and we go on into the, into the, you know, divisional round and what happens with this team? You know, was that the spur that we would have needed to just go ahead and run the table and it's Bears-Patriots in the Super Bowl for the second time in history? You know, or do we get run off the field by whoever we played in the next round, which I believe would have been the Rams or the Cowboys, one of the two? We'll never know because the double doink and, you know, all of that nonsense. But, you know... The anticipation was the same. The optimism was the same. The feeling that we had a chance to turn the tables on Green Bay was the same. And then the other same thing was as soon as it started, you got a funny feeling this shit wasn't going to go our way. And like I said, it happened right off the top. Um, First play of the game on offense, Khalil Herbert stuffed at the line of scrimmage. So right off the bat, the, the, what was going to be our Achilles heel for this entire football game reared its ugly head. And then it, it reared its ugly head again on third and fourth down on that drive when the Bears got stuffed on consecutive plays to be turned away on downs, giving the ball to Green Bay inside Chicago territory at like the 40-yard line. Yeah, that happened. It did. So three out of the first four plays, we got stuffed, and um, it just so irritating, man. Just, just, so so irritating, and, and and just you'll hear me in the knee jerk reactions uh, right up until even going into the fourth quarter. There's there's still a little air of optimism in my voice, but obviously that was clearly zapped out of me completely when the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction comes around. Um, I managed not to pop my cork during the knee jerk reactions. Um, I don't know if that was because I was in the room with my, with my family and my, you know, my dad and my stepmom and I, I, I don't know. I'm in my mid forties. I've never gained a sense of comfort in swearing in front of them. I find it disrespectful, so I don't do that. And uh, or if I was just holding it until I was here, and I could let it all out. Because for anybody who saw the thumbnail, it's got an explicit tag on it, and you've heard me drop a few f bombs already. And uh, yeah, I, I just. And here's the other thing about this. Just like in 2019, it taints the rest of the season. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the season is over after one week. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jordan Love is the next Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. And this is because I'll I'll stay this. I'll say this right now, and I say this in in full, with all due respect to Jordan Love and everything that he did today. Jordan Love does not scare me. He does not scare me. He was able to do what he did for another reason I will go deeply into as we go along here, okay? But Jordan Love does not scare me. There isn't a goddamn thing about him that worries me, not the way that that Favre did or got even not even close to Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's like as a Bear fan, more times than not, you were terrified of Aaron Rodgers just because he always found a way. But nothing that Jordan Love did today has me, you know, afraid of what might happen week 18 when we face them in Lambeau at the end of the season. Which is the other thing that sucks is that we have to wait the entire season to see them again. Week 18. We don't get to see them again week 7, week 10 or, or something. We got to wait, wait. wait till the season's over to finally play them again. So that sucks beyond anything else, but I, you you just you just got a feeling you know especially we turn the ball over and then they drive it right back down eleven plays, five and a half minutes and of course uh Jordan love hits uh hits Romeo Dobbs who wasn't supposed to play or was looking like he wouldn't play because of a hamstring injury. He was running around just fine, as far as I was concerned. But uh, and he scored twice, too, on top of it all. Somebody who wasn't expected to play scored two touchdowns on us today. Out fucking standing. So even though I basically just uh, given you the uh, knee jerk reaction, let's go ahead and listen to the uh, first quarter reaction and uh, try to try to make sense of how the game started. And, and like I said, you'll you'll still hear that little bit of uh, optimism in my voice. Cause it's only seven to three. And after that first, you know, after that disaster of the first, uh, on the first drive, we ended up driving in the, the length of the field and, and, and getting a field goal. So it was only seven to three. We're only down four points, but it's, it's the same old bears from the 20 into the 20 we We're world beaters. And, but getting into the end zone has, was the problem all year last year. And you know we we all chalked it up to a talent deficit because we didn't have the horses to get the job done, and um that was supposed to be taken care of this off season now, Ryan Poles will tell you you know you don't fill up all your holes in in one particular off season, but he felt pretty good about where we were as did the rest of us, and yet the same problems kept occurring on offense and on defense so um Let's go ahead and dive into this knee-jerk reaction. Knee-jerk reaction. First quarter, Bears, Packers, and uh, boy, a lot happened. This first quarter took a while to, to get done, almost 40, 40 full minutes for the first quarter. The Bears opening drive. I think we got screwed on the spot. I, I, I We may have been short either way, but the spot they gave us was nowhere near where Fields actually was. The Bears got stuffed on third and fourth and one uh, to turn the ball over on downs to Green Bay. And then, of course, the Jordan Love era begins with a five and a half minute, 11 play touchdown drive where uh, um, Romeo Dobbs, who was supposed to not play in the game with a hamstring injury, catches a touchdown pass in the back of the end zone to put the Packers up early 7 nothing. And then the second drive for the Bears was better in terms of production but a disaster in in the way of penalties. There were personal foul penalties in there, false starts on two plays in a row because apparently the referees were watching the Thursday night game and were not going to let us get away with the tackle moving a second earlier like the refs let the Chiefs get away with on just about every single play uh, on Thursday night. But The end result was a field goal from Santos, so it's seven three. But this is not a trend that can continue. We got to get touchdowns, not field goals. And uh, you know the Bears shut down the the Packers on that next drive, and um, you know so we have the we have the ball now. We're we're moving things along, and uh, hopefully the offense can put the ball in the end zone. We have yet to see the first fields to DJ Moore uh, connection, so hopefully that's coming soon but we're only down 4 at 7-3 as we enter the second quarter. Yeah. So, you know, not quite ready to hide the razor blades just yet. We're only down 4. We did rebound from the disaster that was the first drive where we got turned over on downs and stuffed by, you know, two opportunities to get less than a yard and we were cut short. And and I do say we got a we got a bad spot on on the field's uh, sneak. But at the same time, he kind of got T-Rex arms with the fucking ball when he was trying to do it. He didn't, you know, take the snap and then reach over the top of the pile to get the, you know, eight inches that we needed to get the first down. And while I, like I said, while I think we got screwed on the spot, he, I believe he probably would have been shorter. So I guess in the end, it doesn't really matter. Uh, But it's just, there's no way that we were half a yard short um when we really didn't need half a yard to get a first down uh to begin with it, it was it was it was a shit spot uh to begin with um I, I like i said i think we may have ended up being short anyway but the spot that we got was was not the the right one i feel like you know maybe uh i was gonna say naggy it's it's started looking familiar out there um after a while but um Iberflus didn't challenge it. I, I kind of felt like he should, but that early in the game, you know, I you know, it's neither here nor there, I guess. But on the return drive for for uh, for the Packers, it was 2022 all over again, where we have the best defense in the NFL on first and second down. The fucking problem being, we don't play in fucking Canada, where they punt on third down. No you still got to stop them on third down too and on third and 13 they got 14 later on in the in the half they on third and 10 18 yards or something like that every time that they needed a third down they got it and that's what our our problem was last year it's like i i didn't bother getting excited about stuffing uh you know Aaron Jones for a 3-yard loss on first or second down because what the real test was third down, and every time there was a test on third down, we failed and Green Bay passed. It, it's you know, looking at the final stats, the Bears were three of 13 on third down, the Packers nine of 16, and <laughs> I think they got most of those in the second and third. You know, shit, just it's the same shit. So, you know, even with this ultra-improved roster, which is arguably night and day from what it was a year ago, the results are still the same. So where does the bonus, where does the onus fall now? It's on the coaches. It's absolutely on the coaches. So, you know, we'll dig into that a little bit more uh, as we go along here. But, you know, there it was in the first quarter. Again, we were able to you know, get our shit together and we're moving the ball down the field. But we had those penalties. Back-to-back false starts turned second and 10 into second and 20. um, Or first and 10 into first and 20. I forget which one it was. But back-to-back false starts. Both happened the exact same way where, like I said, in, in the New jerk reaction, I, I guess the the referees were watching the Thursday night game and, and watching, um, I think it's was Juwan Taylor or something like that for the – the right tackle for the chiefs. Number one, he was lined up in the backfield. That's how far off the line of scrimmage he was. And number two, he moved a half second before the ball was snapped on about 80% of the snaps throughout the night. Didn't get called for it one time. And it would Cole committed it. And then later on, I believe it was Braxton Jones that did it the second time. Both of them did the same thing, got called for it both times on that drive, at least. So yeah, the bears look disorganized and sloppy on offense, which also comes back with, a, with another theme that we had in 2019 where Nagy didn't play like a single starter throughout the entire preseason, and then you take the field against Green Bay in week one on 2019, Thursday night, in front of the whole world, kicking off the season, and it looked like you didn't play in the preseason. And that's what it looked like out there this past Sunday. Like uh, we needed more practice, practicing football in football practice. Interesting idea. So, I mean, I've been saying this since. I mean, I, I, I it was it was almost like a bad omen in twenty eleven when I heard about the change in in practice rules and things like that. And it's 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 gotten worse year by year. Where you know, number one, you don't really look forward to the preseason. You just want to see your guys play. And as you get through the preseason, you get more and more excited about the season coming along because you get to see more and more of the starters. You know that first preseason game is going to suck because your starters are going to be out there for a series, maybe two at the most. But then in, you know, week two, they're going to play a full quarter. Awesome. So we get to see them for the first 15 minutes, maybe even get, you know, depending on how it goes, maybe two or three drives uh, in there. And then week three, that was the one you were really excited about because the starters were going to play a half and then start the third quarter before you started bringing in the backups and the guys trying to make the team. You almost get to see a full game, and the purpose of that was to have the team kind of go through what it's going to be like on an actual game day where you're, you, you actually like game plan for the opponent, you play the entire half, and then you make adjustments for the second half. And we looked like a football team that didn't do any of that shit during the preseason. We looked like we were a step behind the entire football game, especially in the second half. But I'm getting ahead of myself. In the second quarter, in the knee-jerk reaction, you'll still hear, uh, I'm not ready to jump off the ledge just yet. It's still a four-point game. We're still in this thing. But again, another drive. Another good drive results in another field goal because we can't close the deal in the red zone or the drive stalls when we're in field goal range and Green Bay was able to punch it in for another field goal at the buzzer to make it a 10-6 ball game. And you just and they were starting the with the ball in the, to start the second half, which also kind of sent a small shiver down my spine with the way that the first half went. You kind of got a feeling that it wouldn't take much for this thing to get away from us, because with the way our offense was playing, if they went up seventeen to six to start the second half, you might as well just pack it in and go home because the offense isn't going to be able to catch them. I got a, a text from one of, my, uh, one, of Eric, one of my one of my more loyal listeners, Mister McCubin Eric, one of my my good foot friends, uh, sent me a message like it kind of feels like this we're not going to be able to catch them no matter what we do uh, on offense, and he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. I, I kind of understood exactly what he was talking about, but I was uh, still holding out some kind of hope, which was quickly dashed in the third quarter. But in the second quarter, knee-jerk reaction, you hear me talk more about how the second quarter went, and, you you know, like I'm, I, I haven't given up yet, but I'm not far from it. Yeah. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Packers, It's still a four-point game because the Bears added another field goal instead of punching it in uh, to the end zone. Basically, the Bears are not following any of the keys that I gave when I did my preview episode. We're not protecting Justin Fields uh, in the pocket. I think the tackles are holding up well. It's the interior that's the problem, which, of course, is the shorter path to our quarterback. But... You know, we only come away with a field goal after another decent drive. Green Bay just closed out the half with a field goal at the buzzer, and they start with the ball in the second half. And just a question, how many more of these third and double digits are we going to give up before we start calling for Marcus Williams' job? Because, uh, you know... We we it was it was understandable last year we we had a talent deficit and everything but we've greatly improved our football team and it, it's become it's got to be a scheme issue I know we're only one game into the season but we watched it happen time after time after time last year and now even with upgrades on the line the linebackers and in the secondary third and thirteen third and ten and the Packers are converting like it's third and one so that's an issue but. We're still in this ball game. If we do a better job protecting fields and in the second half and, and get after uh, the Packers, you know, this could, be, this could go our way. But right now, it's, uh, I don't know. We're down 10-6 at the half. We'll see how this goes. Yep. And there it was. Now, of course, number one, I, I meant Allen Williams, not Marcus Williams. I don't know where the hell that came from. But Allen Williams, our defensive coordinator. Last year, there was a talent. Deficit, so it was frustrating for us to struggle uh, on third down when we when the defense had done its job on first and second down. So and it's almost like he takes his foot off. Not so. I don't know if it's so much that he takes his foot off the gas. I guess it's more that he doesn't put his foot on the gas and go after them. Send a blitz. Now I know it's it's uh, it's an old school like Tampa two type defense that we're running here, and and the point is to get home with four so that the back seven can do their job. I, I get that. But we weren't getting home with four. I know Yannick Ngakwe got our sack, got our one and only sack in the second quarter. Welcome to the Chicago Bears, uh, Yannick. That's exactly what we signed him to do. But aside from that, that we weren't really pressuring Jordan Love. We weren't getting to him. And Williams did not counter that by sending more pressure sending a linebacker, sending a, a safety or a corner blitz or something to get a free rusher in there, something that might make him you know, move his feet a little bit or, or move up in the pocket where, therefore, running into the rush or, or anything like that, you know, the stuff that Green Bay was doing. They, and, and like I said, the, the interior line was, was in, in my opinion, the, the major problem uh, for the Bears. Braxton Jones struggled with penalties, but otherwise, I think he did fine. As did Darnold, Wright didn't really hear any complaints about him um, on on Sunday, but you know the the issue seemed to be in the interior, which again, like I said, was the it's that the shortest path to our quarterback. It also made him it damn near impossible for him to step up in the pocket or to break free from the pocket and run uh, like he did so many times uh, last year, and you know it really severely hampered. Uh, the, the offense. And again, I asked the question how many times are our opponents easily going to get every yard they need and more on third and eternity before we start to question how long this guy should be in this spot? Before we, you know, start entertaining the idea of possibly Iberflus Taking the uh, play calling duties away from Allen Williams. Because, you know, we saw it happen last year. And again, I did qualify it. Like, I know this is just the first game. And as a matter of fact, it was the first half of the first game. But we're still seeing the same problems, regardless of who we're playing. And more importantly, regardless of who we have out there on the field. We weren't short-handed on defense today. You know, like you could see, you know, possibly, I guess, maybe sort of stomach the issues with the offensive line because well, who is regarded as our very best offensive lineman is out for the first month in Tevin Jenkins with that calf injury or whatever the hell the lower leg injury is. Um, you know, we can't count on him until at least week five uh, against the Commanders on Thursday night. So yeah, okay. we've We've got a we've got a backup center. Cody Whitehair is playing with one hand because having a busted hand is what had him at guard in the first place, and and you know and things like that. Uh, this this offensive line did not play at together at all during the preseason outside of practice, if that, because Nate Davis didn't practice for the first like four weeks of training camp and missed a day or two of of, of practice this week for one reason or another. I'm not gonna. Harp on him from that. I'm just saying, you you guys heard us talk about it during the preview episode on Friday uh, with Tom Noonan saying that, you know, as a former offensive lineman, I know you guys love it when I say that over and over. But as a former offensive lineman, I know that the offensive line is the team within the team. They are the steam that drives the engine. If that unit doesn't have it going, then the rest of the offense is going to suffer. And we saw that happen up close and personal today and we also saw what it looks like when an, when a unit does play well together. And the Packers beating the shit out of us up front in the running game. And you heard me mention in the knee jerk reaction that the Bears aren't following any of my keys. I basically only I usually have 3, but the third one was let's make this thing a rivalry again, which we did not do. But number 1 was protect Justin Fields in the passing game. We did not do that. And number 2 was to stop the running game for the Packers. Because that was going to be what got them going offensively, was if Aaron Jones got going. And on that first drive, Aaron Jones accounted for most of the yardage until Jordan Love threw the touchdown pass at the end of it. The offense stalled until the third quarter when Aaron Jones got back in there and in two drives scored two touchdowns, 104 yards of offense and two touchdowns, and all of a sudden what was 10-7 or 10-6 is now 24 to six and the, you know, the game just got away from us and it was over pretty much at that point. But we didn't follow any, any of the three keys actually, because one and two would have led to us number three, making it a rivalry again by winning a game. But instead we didn't protect fields. We didn't slow down the run. Therefore it's not a, it's still not a rivalry. That's the title of this episode. Always rivals, still not a rivalry because a rivalry entails that it, it goes back and forth it has only gone one way for the majority of the last 30 years going into 92 when Favre took over as quarterback we had a huge lead in the all-time series now i think we're we're down like eight games something like that something like that i think it's like it's, it may be as little as four or five because i know that they took the lead in like 2020 or 2021 because it was it was still ours and then they swept us, and it was either 2020 or 2021 that gave them the series lead, and they've just won, you know, a few more after that. So it may be like five or six. But, you know, 30 years ago, when when Favre first took over, I think we had something like a 20, 30-game lead or whatever. It may have even been more. I don't know. But in all those years, the Packers have dominated the series, have tied it up, and, and that's the other thing. It took them from 92 – until maybe two or three years ago, to tie the series, before they finally uh, started, you know, took it over and, and are now leading the all-time series. <sighs> but that's the question, and it, and it it's just like how how many more times are we going to piss it away on piss away the defense's good work on first and second down by making that irrelevant by giving up every yard they need and more on third down. That's what's so frustrating uh, about this. And now that we have a Pro Bowl uh, middle linebacker and in, in Tremaine Edmonds, now that we have this improved defensive line, now that we have this this young you know top secondary uh, back there uh, as well, our talent across the board is better. Not the best, but better than it was. But we're seeing the exact same results. We're and it's. It's not that the that that our opponents are getting the yardage. It's one thing if they you know like on third and fourteen. Oh, let's just have you know let's get a draw, see how much we can get, and punt the ball. And like, oh, look at that, he broke six tackles and got a first down. That's not what's happening. They're dropping back to pass. They have all the time in the world to pass the ball, and then when they find their guy, he is wide fucking open, wide open. He's not making contested catches and having to get, do the toe drag to get the first down. No, he's sitting there waiting for the ball because there isn't anyone within a 10-fucking-yard radius of him. They're always wide open, and that's a scheme thing. You know, it's a scheme thing, whether it's the players blowing their, their assignments and, and having busted coverages or they're just, we're just simply getting out coached. period. Okay, this game was lost in two places. Okay, neither of which had anything to do with Jordan Love. Number one was up front on both sides of the ball. They kicked our ass on uh, on with their offensive line, and we got our asses kicked by their defensive line. Period. They won in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and even going into the game, that was where Green Bay had the advantage because. Justin Fields, I believe, was the better quarterback. Aaron Jones is better than any running back that we have, but I feel like our backfield overall was probably could at least pull us even with them. We had the healthier, better receivers. You know, DJ Moore just automatically wins us that race. We were better at tight end. Better in the secondary for the most part. But where we lose... As far as, like, you know, check this, you know, this advantage Bears, this advantage Packers, we lose the advantage on the, on, the, on, the, on the front lines. Okay? Just, I mean, Kenny Clark on one side, David Bakhtiari on the other. And they're not the only ones. But just those two alone win the advantage for Green Bay in the trenches on both sides. And that's where we lost the game today. That was the first place. We lost it up front where it matters the most, in my opinion. We lost it up front, and then the other place we lost it was in, uh, for lack of a better phrase, we lost it in the classroom. We were simply outcoached front to back today. I don't know what the fuck Lou Getzey was doing with the offense. It, uh, it reminded me so much of the St. Saint, the Saint Louis, the Rams game in 2021, where there, for some reason we were afraid to go downfield. And you know what's fucked about that. Is that Lou Getz? wasn't calling plays in 2021, and, but it looks exactly like that game against the Rams, where you know Andy Dalton had attempted like two passes downfield. Like there were there were only like two pass attempts that were ten yards downfield. Uh, I saw a stat on Twitter uh, just a little while ago that said of uh, Justin Fields' 37 passes, three of them, three of them were for more than ten yards. And I actually believe, I, th- I think all three of them were completed because two of them went to um, Mooney. One for like 23 yards in the first half and the other for the touchdown in the second half. But we only attempted three passes down the field. It's like, what the f- And it's like, I know that the philosophy was to get the ball out quick, to try to keep, get, the, get an offensive rhythm going to also probably counteract the deficit that I'm sure we were aware that we might have against this defensive line, against these pass rushers, because not only do they have Kenny Clark, they have Rashawn Gary, uh, and among others that were, you know, coming for us and, and, uh, and everything. So get the ball out quick. Let's get the ball down the field. Let's get an offensive rhythm going. We'll, we'll you know move the football with, by running and so on and so forth, and it just never happened. It never happened. But, you know, and and we just did not challenge the Packers down the field. They were literally able to keep it all in front of them, and it was a disaster. And then the second half came, where as as frustrating as the first half was, it was only a four-point game. And, you know, we were able to, after that opening drive, bottle up uh, Jordan Love and company fairly well to, you know, hold them to a field goal for the rest. After their opening drive touchdown, we held them to a field goal for the rest of the half. So we're only down four at halftime. But, again, we were only able to punch in a field goal after another decent drive. But it all fell apart in the third quarter. And... Just listen to the knee-jerk reaction. I think you'll see where we're going right away with this. Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears-Packers. And uh, if we hadn't just scored a moment ago, this whole entire knee-jerk reaction would have probably just been the F word at the top of my lungs. But instead, we actually showed up on offense. We put a drive together. We stopped the Packers on offense before that, which hadn't happened yet because it was the Aaron Jones show on those first two drives. You know they were talking like, "Where's Aaron Jones? Where's Aaron Jones?" Well, 104 yards and two touchdowns later, the Packers are up 24 to six, and the Bears, after stopping Green Bay on the next drive, responded with a touchdown pass from Fields to Mooney, and the two-pointer makes it a 24 to 14 ball game as we answer the fourth quarter here. So, if we can keep the momentum going, it's third down now for the Packers as we. Get ready to start the fourth quarter here. We shut them down, which has been a problem. The Packers are like 7 for 10 on third down or something ridiculous like that. Um, get the ball back. We may be able to turn this into something. Greg Olson said after we scored, it's a ball game now. I, I say not yet. We get the ball back and we score. Then we got a ball game. But as of we sit here right now. I'm going to have to see more from the offense to think that we have a ball game as opposed to just us finally putting one decent drive together. Yeah. And that's what it turned out to be, was we put one decent drive together. We got it within 10, and then when you blink in the fourth quarter, it was over. But, you know, they, they were coming into the, like, they were they were talking about it but by at the end of the first half, and it's all they could talk about at the start of the second half was – basically after that first drive where Aaron Jones was, you know, plowing up his way up the field and uh, getting eight yards of carry and and all that kind of stuff, you didn't see him after that first touchdown drive, and it slowed the offense down. Well, Aaron Aaron Jones was back in uh, to start the third quarter and was again gashing us in the run because we were getting our asses kicked up front. And then, you know, he was able to, to finish off that opening uh, drive with a one-yard touchdown run. And then uh, on fourth and three, see, that time we actually did stop him on third down. But on fourth and three, we had Jones one-on-one with uh, T.J. Edwards, who got smoked. Um, he, you know, he did one of those little arrow routes where he goes out and then right back in uh, towards the middle of the field. And then and, you know, Love hit him on the seam, and it was off to the races after that. 50 something yards uh for you know just touchdown ball game. It was 24 to 6 at that point and um like I said I'm 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 still still not ready to jump off the ledge just yet at the end of the third quarter but you had a feeling that um, you know we were done at that point 24 to 6 this doesn't look like a team that's just going to come roaring back uh uh in the in the, not after that second touchdown. It just didn't cuz yeah anyway uh son of a bitch man it fucking happened again guys it happened again you know it's like never mind that Aaron Rodgers was gone i mean that's something that we that we were optimistic about that cuz that, that at least meant we should have a better chance against them the magician is gone the, you know the witch is dead as i kept saying in the in the previous episode but it looked the same and it's because we got out coached They made second-half adjustments. We did not. We did not. We still kept going after love with four guys, just trying to get home with four. And while we're better equipped to do that than we were a year ago, it's not a foolproof plan. And when it's not working the way that you want it to, you have to make adjustments. Allen Williams did not make adjustments. He did not send. Maybe only once or twice. I did see one where we kind of went all out. We still didn't get home, but we at least sent six or seven guys on one play because I even saw once that Sanborn and Tremaine Edmonds, you know, went, went into the end of the pass rush, but you know, we didn't do it enough. We didn't mix it up. We didn't try to disguise things. We didn't try to go after Jordan love. And the result was what it was. We failed hardcore. And all that optimism and hope and everything that that people had for this season was dashed by losing to Green Bay, embarrassingly. I mean, at at least that that Green Bay game in 2019, our defense was lights out. Sacked Aaron Rodgers five times, only gave up like 40 yards rushing, held Aaron Rodgers to like 140 yards passing. We lost that game 10-3. to The offense was the major problem in that one. This one, this game, it was both. And we got, we we got, we got beat, you know, in that ten to three loss. Because their their defense completely shut us down, and and our defensive effort was wasted. We held one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and an explosive offense that went on to have a hell of a year in twenty nineteen, to ten freaking points. Held him to ten points, sacked him five times. We were up his ass all night long, and yet if you go back and you watch that game. Our offense was so bad, it looks like Green Bay dominated the game. And in this time, what made it worse was that they dominated on both sides this time. Their offensive line was able to we, – we got to the quarterback one time, once. And I don't know how many pressures we got, but it couldn't have been many because Jordan Love wasn't affected too many times throughout the game. So that's what makes it so much worse. Was not only did they score more points and, and and everything, I mean we still managed to score twenty, but they scored thirty eight, and that game was It was thirty eight to fourteen before, you know, we came roaring back with that last touchdown, uh, at the end. So, just frustrating. And like I said, this one was so much worse because we were dominated on both sides. The one in uh, in twenty nineteen was frustrated because our our the effort from our. Still, top-flight defense was wasted because our offense couldn't score more than 10 points in that game. This one, way worse because we didn't, put, we didn't put up much of a fight at all throughout the entire game. That's what was disheartening about the whole thing. So, yeah. So we move on to the fourth quarter, and obviously, shit went sideways in the fourth quarter. Almost immediately. I think the drive that I was talking about that like, hey, it's third down. If we can stop him and get the ball back, then we got a ball game. We make it a one score. Even if we just kick a field goal and make it 24 to 17, it's a one score game. Now we got a ball game. 24 to 14 with the way this offense has struggled. It's not a ball game yet. It's still a two score game with an offense that is having an impossible time trying to score points. Not a ball game yet. And it never became one because by the time we got into the end zone again, we were down 24 points and the game was over. Like, people were leaving the stadium. Like, we scored a touchdown to, like, 60 people at the end of the ball game. Nobody was watching at that point. So, but yeah, the fourth quarter was a disaster. It was another touchdown to go up 31 to 14 and then... The pick six was the was the nail in the coffin, and that was it. Yep. Knee jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears Packers, and um, yeah, it was the beginning of the third quarter all over again. Because uh, after the Bears scored and uh, made it a ten point game, and uh, got the crowd back into it, we looked you know good on offense. Uh, for a change. Roshon Johnson running the ball well, you know, the offensive line doing some things. Uh, We let the Packers go right back down the field and score, and then the icing on top was Justin Fields' pick six to Quay Walker, uh, where after, uh, you know, making a pretty strong case for a bear up for week one, Roshon Johnson decided to go for the highlight tackle and try to plow K Walker down as opposed to tackling him and all he did was bounce off of Roshan Johnson and then turn turn around and run it in for a touchdown making it 38 to 14 and even though there was 12 and a half minutes left in the game it was over at that point. We all knew that it was the Bears add one more garbage touchdown uh at the end of the ball game by Roshan Johnson for the 38-20 final score and um yeah so glad that i waited eight and eight months for that all the talk and and the, the the hype and everything and it's you guys i've probably said this a thousand times up to this point in the show and i'm gonna say it again now but um it's 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 only week one this one sucks because we've been waiting for it for a long time and and because it was green bay it's 2019 all over again now hopefully we don't have a repeat of 2019 where week one was an indication of things to come it's just a bad week one matchup and i'm sure i've spoken about where i thought the game was lost and uh and or won by green bay and and things like that um but uh yeah this this was bad that's why it sucks and uh Hopefully next week in Tampa Bay we can figure out a way to bounce back and and turn this into a week one fluke performance because you, you've seen them all over the league uh, today. You know Tampa Bay. Speaking of which, beat Minnesota in Minnesota uh, and, and and things like that. Uh, Seattle got beat pretty bad by the uh, by the by the Rams in Seattle uh, today. So that's just kind of a thing that's been uh, going on. Uh, today Now, time will tell what these victories mean as they go along, kind of like the Bears beating San Francisco week one last year. The Bears went 2-14 and 14 the rest of the way. The 49ers uh, damn near ran, to, ran the table and went to the Super Bowl uh, last year. But so f- for all that it meant in week one, all it means is right now this, this is still not a rivalry yet. We're, we're, we are and, you know, always will be rivals But it's still not a rivalry because we haven't put an put an L in their column for four and a half seasons now. This is number nine in a row uh, for Green Bay uh, over us. So back to the drawing board for week two. And hopefully as the season goes along, we can laugh about what happened today as opposed to being so pissed off about it right now. And I'm holding out hope that that will be the case that we will be able to look back at this performance and look at it as a a launching pad or a reality check or or whatever that uh, you know we're not just going to be able to show up and win football games. We actually have to put in the work and, and get it done on the field. Yes, we're more talented than we were a year ago, but it doesn't mean a fucking thing if you go out there and perform the same way, doing the same stupid shit that you did a year ago. If you you know, wait until like last year, it wasn't until week seven that we finally opened up the offense and turned Justin Fields loose. I, when when my buddy um, McCubbin uh, texted me earlier today, I told him, I was like I, I want them it, it feels like they're being like we're holding back or something on offense. I want Luke Getzey to take the hand cuffs off and, and it turned out to be right, like like I mentioned that that stat. Three of 37 pass attempts went, went beyond 10 yards. That's it. We weren't challenging the Packers downfield. Now, I know some of that had to do, like I mentioned before, with the pass rush and, and Justin Fields not having the time that he would need to find guys downfield. But three out of 37? So, yeah, it's just – and we got DJ Moore now. We have DJ Moore. It's not like last year where, uh, you know, for most of the season, Darnell Mooney was the only thing to write home about. You know, before Cole Komet got things going and and things like that, it's just, we have, Darno, we have, you know, Darno Mooney isn't our number one guy anymore. We have a legit number one in D.J. Moore. Two targets for 25 yards today. That's it. For all of us waiting to see the Justin Fields, D.J. Moore connection that we heard so much about in training camp and we saw glimpses of in the preseason, you figure when the season started, we would turn those two loose. And every time Justin Fields went back for a pass, he's looking for D.J. Moore. Nope. Didn't happen. Did not happen. Both of those receptions came early in the second quarter, by the way. So, yeah. It happened on the touchdown drive. Both of them. I think it was like back-to-back, D.J. Moore. And then we scored the touchdown, and then that was it for D.J. Moore. So, again, I don't know if that was just us getting out coached, and Green Bay's defensive coordinator able to scheme DJ Moore out of the game by making sure that he was bracketed by more than one body for the entire football game? Or if it was just, you know, the way Luke Getzey was calling plays, we're looking for Johnson or Foreman or Khalil Herbert's or Blazing Game coming out of the backfield rather than looking downfield to Mooney or Claypool and, uh, and, and more. And where the fuck was Chase Claypool today? Was he out there playing? The only time I heard about Chase Claypool was when he got called for that uh, uh, unnecessary rough or unsportsmanlike conduct, whatever the fuck it was, in the second quarter on on the first uh, field goal drive where the offsetting penalties, you know, Justin Fields got pushed out of bounds by, by, uh, what was his name, Jair Alexander, Lucas Patrick got all pissed off and it turned into a shoving match on the sideline. Well, uh, 93, whoever that is, for... Green Bay got flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness, which is what they kept calling it, uh, in there. And then, of course, uh, what's his name? Retaliated. Chase Claypool retaliates, canceling out the extra 15 we would have got from him. Aside from that, I didn't hear from Chase Claypool for the entire fucking football game. So, yeah. I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what, we do, what we're doing today. And, like, I get... Uh, the the optimism in the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction was that I'm hoping that as we get further away from this game, we can laugh about it, or there can be something to learn from it. Where it's like, okay, we just spent sixty minutes doing, we just spent sixty minutes learning what not to do. It's like let's not get our asses kicked up front on both sides of the ball. Um, let's not uh, let's not do that. Uh, let's not ignore that we have DJ Moore. And, uh, you know, the miracle that it was and how we were able to get him, the fact that we didn't have to trade two first-round picks and and all that kind of stuff to get him from Carolina. Carolina gave him to us. for, For one stinking pick, we got four picks and DJ Moore. That was the brilliance of that trade. That we essentially got DJ Moore for free. And we're not using him. We've been looking forward to this combination, hearing nothing about how they're terrorizing the defense in OTAs and in training camp. And then the season comes, they're finally on the field together, two targets for 25 yards in the second quarter, and that was it. <sighs> yeah, that's not going to work. So we just, we just have to be better. And, and, and I hope, like I said, as we go along, We'll be able to, like, you remember when we got our dicks kicked into the fucking t- turf in Green Bay week one? Yeah. It's like, we haven't seen those guys since. We actually look like a football team against Tampa. And God forbid, we, you know, because, like, right now, week three against the Chiefs, we're going to get fucking obliterated by the Chiefs. This team will get obliterated against the Chiefs in two weeks. Never mind what Tampa might do to us next week for for all they did against Minnesota today. It's a scary prospect. And then week four, I think, is the Broncos. I want to say the Broncos are week four. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And then we got week five with the Commanders, who almost beat uh, Justin Fields into the ICU uh, when they hit him 78 times in that Thursday night game last year. They're coming back. So we got to show up that offensive line. I don't know if uh, we just got to start you know, reshuffling the line to get our best five out there or whatever the fuck. we got to be way better than that uh, if we want to, you know, have any kind of success uh, on offense this year. And vice versa for the defense. I don't know what we got to do. Um, Allen Williams definitely got to shore up those scheme issues because, like I said, it's not so much that our opponents were able to get the yards that they need. It's just that every time they've made it look so fucking easy. Third and 13th, no problem. We'll hit a guy, you know, on that one. It's like, oh, he caught the ball at 12 yards and was easily able to dive forward to get the other two to get the first down. Oh, third and 10? Yeah, he'll be wide open in a space where there's no one within 10 yards uh, of him. there will be a 10-mile radius between him and the next opponent. That's how wide open he'll be. Okay, and let's... let's how about that play where Jordan Love fumbles the snap... Gets a lucky bounce. It, it, you know, falls right into, bounces right back up into his hands. He turns around, heaves the ball about 90 yards into the, you know, he hit the moon in the ass with the ball. And, and Luke Musgrave is so wide open that he's actually standing there backpedaling, waiting for the ball to come down. That's how fucking wide open he was on that play. And if he, if he didn't trip over his own feet, he, he moonwalks into the end zone for a touchdown. Pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. So, it's, it's not so much that our opponents are able, it's not that, that like they're just giving more effort and getting those yards. It's that it is so fucking wide open to make it look so easy to get third and 10, third and 13, third and eight, and more. You know, those are supposed to be extremely difficult to convert. And the Bears uh, make it look so easy. And that's the frustrating part. And then we turn around on offense and we can't get third and one. We can't get third and three. We're putting ourselves, we're staying ahead of the sticks on third down. You want to be in third and less than five to be able to convert. That's, that's how you keep your conversion percentage high. And instead, we make third and one look like third and 15, and our opponents make third and 15 look like third and one. It's, that's, that's definitely a scheme issue. We've improved the football team, but we still have the same problems. That goes on the coaches. And I hope that those are the things that the coaches were saying in the press conference, putting it on them. We did not put our team in the best possible position to succeed and we will fix that. I'm hoping that's all I hear when I listen to these, uh, when I listen to these, uh, interviews tomorrow. So anyway, that's that. Let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's get it all shut down. This won't take long. I promise you this week's, uh, Bear up, bear down. Bear up and bear down for week number one Bears and Packers. And uh, I'll make this real simple. Bear up, nobody. Nobody gets a fucking, but you lose 38. To 20, or it was basically 38-14. to 38-20, to 20, no one gets a bear up. The way we got our asses kicked all over the field today, nobody. And I mentioned the knee-jerk reaction. Rashawn Johnson was, was, was inching in on one with the way he was running the ball, the way he plowed that one guy over on that one run that where he got the first down and everything. He looked good. And then that lousy effort on the tackle attempt where you were thinking more about your highlight reel than you were about making the play. Quay Walker just bounces right off of him, turns right around and finishes off the pick six to put the nail in the coffin for the game, making making it 31-14 to at the time. So no one gets a bear up. No one. Bear down. There are a lot of guilty parties uh, in this football game. I could go on and on for quite some time, but I'm, I'm going after the source today. And the source, bear down to the offensive line. Bear down to the defensive line. Bear down to Luke Getsey. Bear down to Allen Williams. Okay. The trenches is where the where every game is won and lost. And the coaches, like I said, it's the Bears lost this game in two places today. We lost it up front on both sides of the ball. And we lost it in the classroom because we got out coached by by Green Bay. Matt LaFleur on offense and Joe Barry on defense outmaneuvered Luke Getzey and Allen Williams at every turn uh, on Sunday, you know, like I just got done ranting about third and 13. It's it's not that they're getting the first downs, it's that they're making it look so fucking easy. They are so wide open when when it's third and and long, you know. They find a hole in the middle of the field where literally no one is and where no one's going to be. For a long time so that not only can they get the first down, but get more. Third and ten, they're gonna score they're gonna get in twenty two yards on third and ten. Shit like that. Over and over and over again. You know, we've improved our roster, but you wouldn't know it. Watching this dickhead call defensive place. So, yeah. We're only one game in, and this is, you know, overreaction Monday or whatever. But whew. You know the talent on the field doesn't matter if you're not putting them in the right in the best position to succeed. The, the the fact that we upgraded on every level of the offense does not matter when a the offensive line can't do shit and number two you're you're not taking the new toys out for a ride. You know, I don't think Robert Tunyon played. If he did, he didn't play much because I heard that he was he's I guess tweaked his back on Saturday or whatever. And was was questionable to play. But he did play. Or at least he was not on the inactive list that came out today. Before the game. So, didn't see Robert Tunyon, who was Aaron Rodgers' favorite red zone target when he was healthy a couple years ago. Before the knee injury in 2022. Well, 2021. That hampered him in 2022. But he's more than a year, almost two years removed from that knee injury. So, he's healthy to go. Um. Didn't expect any pass catching from Mercedes Lewis, but I don't remember seeing him on the field at all. We've already talked about how little we saw of DJ Moore uh, out there. Um, We didn't see any of Chase Claypool. We did get to see our running backs, Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson. If if anybody gave any kind of solid effort, it was our running backs because Herbert Johnson and Foreman all had decent runs at one point or another throughout the football game. But... You know, Justin Fields was back there getting killed because we got coached by Joe Barry. Not only was he able to get pressure on Justin Fields, he was also able to do it to keep Justin Fields in the pocket so that passes were being contested, that he didn't have a place to break away and, and run and, and things like that. And Justin Fields did a little bit of it, but nowhere near the weapon that he was a year ago. That's coaching. That's coaching. You didn't see Allen Williams or Luke Getzey making any adjustments in the second half to, to fix what was broken in the first half. You saw the Packers do it, and they ran away with the game. We did not do it on on our side, and we got run away from. Period. So we sucked on on the front on the front lines, offensive and defensive line, bear down to both of those units, and then bear down to the coaches that are supposed to be these geniuses that that swore to us when they got hired we're going to do what our players do best. We're going to put them in the best position to succeed and not fucking do that today. They did not. So, get your shit together. You got a week to get ready for Tampa Bay. I believe that their win over Minnesota was a fluke. It was one of those week 1 things in my opinion. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be anything to worry about throughout the entire season. And even though we're we're going into Tampa where it's going to be about 6 or 700 degrees, uh, with, with 10,000% humidity down there in early September. Uh, on paper, we should run Tampa Bay off the field. Aside from, like, Mike Evans, they have nothing that we can't take care of. They have no running game. They have Baker Mayfield on his fifth team. You know, it's, it's come on, seriously? We got nothing to worry about here. Not a fucking thing to worry about with Tampa Bay. We should run them off their own goddamn field next Sunday. We should. We should beat Tampa Bay next week. I believe that we can and will win that game. I'm going to be picking the Bears, spoiler alert, to win that game next week. We should. God help us if we don't because we're not fucking winning in Arrowhead. Not this team. No fucking way. So we're not ready for the Chiefs yet. But we got them week three in Arrowhead. God forbid. So anyway, that's going to do it, guys. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I'm gonna go take my blood medication, <laughs> blood pressure meds, take a nap, get some get some sleep. Uh, come on back tomorrow when we will do the the fourth phase, reviewing the rest of week one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bears and the Packers, and then we'll dive into our other pick six ball games before uh, before where I think actually the all all blitz will start the show. We'll go through all the other games and then finish with the pick six. So, and then we'll talk about uh, the the pick'em league I can tell you um I believe the Cowboys are winning so at least that's going my way and I think I need the Bills to win tomorrow but like out of like the last two games I have 15 points available so that means the first 14 games was 121 points were available in the games that I picked with the confidence values that I placed on them I score 54 points (laughs) Week one is a bitch man for pick'em because week one is the week that doesn't make sense because you're making picks based on 2022 and making picks based on last season. And it's a different season and week one, most of us learn that the hard way. So, but then the other week, the, the other week that's hardest to call as far as making picks is week two, because you're making picks in week two based on what you saw in week one and week one, doesn't tell you how the season is going to go it just doesn't so week one and week two those are the ones you got to get through if you can do a decent job with your wins and losses through week one and week two you'll be all right for the rest of the season but week one and week two is where i usually take it in the teeth because i just you know it's like weird shit happens week one and then week two the, the you know it seems like the league starts to correct itself and things kind of fall back in line you see well like today the, the Bengals got their asses kicked by the Browns. But, you know, we'll see them bounce back next week or, you know, that kind of thing. So, anyway, come on back tomorrow for the fourth phase, the week one review. We'll talk about the the pick six. We'll do our all-out blitz and then see where uh, where things stand uh, with the first week of the Pick'em game in the books. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been Bearstalk Underground. Amen.